Hi, I'm John. And I'm Paul. And this is the Minute Podcast. If you give a mouse a cookie, I'm pretty sure he'd write a book. But give us 60 seconds of footage and we'll tell you where to look. With a concept this simplistic, it's hard to say if it'll last. But give us just a minute and we'll give you a podcast. The Minute Podcast. Great. Thanks for joining us for another episode. As you probably know by now, the Minute Podcast is a weekly conversation between John and myself where we review a listener-submitted minute of content from either a movie, TV show, or somewhere else on the internet, and we talk about it, try to figure out what's going on. John, what are we looking at today? (laughs) Today we're discussing a clip from Ice Pirates submitted by McGruff. Great, and this week's episode is brought to you by Match.com, the network that matches users with the perfect match for their matching needs. Are you trying to start a fire in the rain, lighting that last little bit of a candle, or burning down a movie studio? Match.com can make sure you have the right match to accomplish your goals, be it Universal Strike, Safety Match, or some kind of overpriced survival bullshit for your weird prepper uncle. Whatever kind of match you need, visit Match.com slash MinutePod for a 20% discount on your first order today. All right. Uh, so Paul, let's go over our level of familiarity with ice pirates. Uh, I have, I have none. Like, I, I know that it exists, but not even in like, uh, I think I might have a vague, like, inkling of what the poster looks like. Uh, and I know that it's 70s-ish, I think. But other than that, I, I don't know anything about this thing. Yeah, I'm coming at zero. Hard stop. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, so, so we're coming into this pretty blind. Uh, you want to be able to, you want to do a, a quick, quick breakdown of what happens in the scene? I will, but um, as you'll see, there's not that much that actually happens. There's a group of about eight people sitting around a table talking. Uh, they're served some sort of dinner. A little monster pops out of that dinner. A Everyone terrifying kind of, word, monster. Yes, but it's pretty freaky. Uh, everybody freaks out. They chase after it, and that's the end of the minute. So not a ton happens. All right. But also so much happens. We'll talk about it. <laughs> and to all our Finnish listeners, uh, preempt... Oh, wait, no, that's from the other one. Okay. Well, I, I think just, John, as a general rule to all of our Finnish listeners... Ontoxy. It's, it's fair to say ontoxy, yeah. Yeah, ontoxy, in general. Yeah. All right. Uh, for everything that I- this is, we apologize. But only all to right. the Finnish. The rest of you deserve it. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Great. All right, so um, let's let's do a script read, Paul. Yeah, let's um, do it. Uh, we've we've got a few characters here, so just to go through through briefly, John, you're going to play the lady in pink. Yes, I'll be the man in red. I'll yeah. be the space queen. <laughs> I'll be na- Am I nasty man? I think you're I'm nasty, nasty man. man. I'm nasty I'll, man. I'll, uh, I didn't love that. I'll be the chef. <laughs> I'll be the French maid, uh, group, uh, robot. And and the 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 African gentleman, an African American gentleman in the background there. Yep. All right. Let's see if we can keep that straight. You ready? All right. Yes. And. It wasn't as good as they advertised. How disappointing. That's what I thought. It says here that the water planet has so much moisture on its surface that it continually creates cycles of clouds and falling rain. Sure. Well, you know what that means. Both of you can take lots of hot, wet baths together. Watch your backs now. Hot stuff coming through. Ooh. 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 I call her Marv. Nothing but the finest herbs, my dead mother's stuffing, and fresh garlic from a real garden. Okay, now note the juice that flows from the initial incision. 
Um, uh, yeah! Kill it. Yeah! Kill it. Oh, my circuits. Where did it go? Heating duct. Damn it. All right, Paul, I just got to say, these are some of the best voices you've broken out for this. I think uh, the chef, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. And the space queen sounds like like a total nerd wonk. I like it. <laughs> well, the best thing is, uh, that's exactly what everybody sounded like in the scene. And we did a great job. So Yes, we did. I think it was perfect. All right, John. Uh, well, what's your initial reaction to this crazy thing we just saw? Um, so my, my initial reaction was, uh, when was Alien? Like, uh, was, was it before mm. this movie? I, I assume it's before this movie. Like, the Alien jumping out of stuff feels like... Well, you're, you're right, but it is hard to tell because this movie is clearly so cheaply made that oh, yeah. it looks older than Alien, or at least it looks a lot worse than Alien. I mean, like, I I think Alien had a pretty low budget, but I think this movie has, like, a low budget and also very little sort of, like, inspiration. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think there's a, a lot less focus going on. Everybody seems from a, to be from a different genre of space film a little bit. Oh, my God. Yeah. If we'll from a space. That, but... Yeah. If even from a space film at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so like, I think my initial reaction was like, this is a this is a weird amalgamation of things. How about you, Paul? What was your first thoughts? Well, uh, similar to that, but um, my first real thought was that this is a bad movie, and as <laughs> as much as I like watching this minute of it, and it's a good minute, so thank you to McGruff. It uh, is. I, I don't want to watch this movie at all. It looks horrible. But also that I can't tell if they're in a spaceship or if it's just. The way the YouTube video is set up makes me think it's a spaceship. If you click <laughs> on the link below, you'll see that it's it's one of these like quarter frame is the actual movie and the rest is just stars happening in the background. Yes. Like a really and, cheap upload. And so it makes you feel like the entire film is being projected into space as right. though we were watching it through like some sort of weird like drive through space theater. Oh, I would love a drive through space theater. <laughs> But yeah, so, so th- that's that's coloring my whole interpretation here. Maybe they're yeah. actually not in a spaceship. What do well, you think? They, okay, so like the the walls are do sort of like they they come out, they're flared out, and then they have like they're sort of octagonal in shape. So the room does seem mm-hmm. to be like in an octagonal uh, prism of some variety. So so I can see it sort of looks like a hull, like they're inside of a ship. I think that they're inside of a sure. ship. I think that's that's safe to say. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, the next question that I personally have, Paul, is, mm. is this a turkey it that they're looks, serving up? I'm pretty sure it's a turkey. Well, I mean, a space it, turkey. I'm not saying it doesn't look like a turkey. It looks like a turkey. But do you think it's a actual turkey, as in mm. a, a, a turkey that one would uh, find on Earth that just so happens to also be in space right now? So you're or asking if, if in-universe, this is an Earthican turkey. Exactly. Named Marv. Named Marv. Well, I think it, it's plausible. We know that garlic exists. That's true. So it's plausible that a turkey or similar bird exists, and, and I, I think we should go with that, yeah. My next question is, break down the words, my dead mother's stuffing for me. <sighs> this character, <laughs> this... The only way I can describe him is a sassy gay space chef. Yeah, he's definitely uh, not a a kind portrayal of someone who we I I definitely assumed he was supposed to be a gay character. 
Yeah, I I don't know. It's a weird thing to throw in there. It kind of sounds like something you might stereotypically expect as a one-liner to say about your mother. I, yeah. I, I don't know. It It's not a great line. No. Uh, and also, like, uh, his outfit, I'm not, I'm not, like, he looks like a stereotype, like a walking stereotype, and I feel bad yeah. looking at him. But uh, also a pirate. Yes, he, he is also a pirate, not not a space pirate. He's just straight Smee. up regular. He's pirate. just straight up Smee from uh, definitely yeah. from from uh, Hook w- Hook. Yeah, yeah, a little more jacked, but otherwise pretty much. Yeah, exactly yeah. The I same. mean, young Smee. Yeah. Well, let's while while we're talking about this guy, why do you think he calls the turkey Marv? I don't. I don't know. Is it an acronym? <laughs> yeah, uh, mighty assertive vicious you missed the r oh righteous victory turkey i don't know i was thinking man amazing rich vittles oh that's an actual real thing (laughs) or maybe he actually just killed a turkey named marv it's you don't have enough information no, I mean, like, maybe they've got, like, a part of the hole just dedicated to holding turkeys, and he's got them all named, and then he just slaughtered Marf for this dinner. Um, also, it, Paul, like, I, I know that you don't eat a lot of meat, mm. uh, but if imagine if you were an, a meat eater, even then, would you ever want the chef to present you with, okay, now note the juice that flows from the in, initial incision... Would, you know, would I, any of that be appetizing to you? I don't think it would. I can see what they're going for here. I mean, it's a yeah. plausible reason that they want to draw the group's attention to the turkey. Yeah. I know, like, the initial incision's supposed to be clear, but still have a lot of liquid. That way you can tell it's still juicy. Yeah, but initial incision is, like, way too, uh, way too like, medical. Or, or It is. It's a little medical. Yeah, it's <laughs> and, a bit weird. Yeah, I feel like we try and, like, uh, you know... Uh, we try and sort of disguise the fact that we're ripping apart a carcass when we're eating the food. So the idea initial incision is not always like an appetizing thing to me. It's not, but to this pirate, it apparently is. No, it's the most, I mean, maybe it's space talk. Like in the space talk, they speak with like medical, medical jargon every once in a while. It could be true. We don't know too much about space. Um, John, let's take a minute and talk about the different characters, uh, sort of what, what they look like and what we can assume about them, because we, we mentioned a lot of people. Maybe we should go just through the list that they showed up in the reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that order. So the lady in pink. Yes. So the lady in pink uh, looks like a space princess, I guess. What would you describe her as? I would have said space princess, except the woman I'm calling space queen is wearing a tiara. So yeah. I think she's like the space rich girl, maybe the space princess. Oh, right. She could be the space rich girl. She's She is kind of wearing like, it does sort of look like clothes that would be worn on Golden Girls. And I don't mean that in a pejorative way, just in a, mm-hmm. like, this is sort of like almost 1980s older lady fashion. So it's somewhat businessy, but also still sort of flamboyant and this one in her her like boss in particular here is very mm. shiny and glittery yeah i agree with you i think if you took what you're saying and moved half the way to the look of the princess from Spaceballs, yeah i think that's what we've got and in fact a lot of these characters look a lot like characters from Spaceballs. yeah 
that is absolutely true. Uh, yeah. The robot just straight up looks like a robot from Spaceballs, but I'm not really sure if that's just because of the limited robot technology they had in the 70s space. <laughs> uh, you know, I feel like I feel like you know robots just sort of were hewn from the same stone at a certain point in time. And the stone uh, was PVC piping and cardboard yeah. boxes. So I know I'm cheating here, Paul, but I'm looking at this frame right here. Mm. And in between the woman in pink and the guy in red, yeah. uh, there is straight up a Victorian nanny. Uh, the the, the French-made woman. Yeah. Wh- why? Like, what what do you think her story is here? It feeds into my theory of how this unlikely group of adventurers came together. I think okay. she either works for the lady in pink or the space queen. Okay. And so so then we can move back to the guy in red, I guess. So The guy in the red, guy- who, who to me, John, really looks like a discount Han Solo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I love, I kind of love his curly hair and his, like, tiny little, like, pad, a Padawan uh, ponytail he's got going on. Uh, he, he does look, he has the look about him like an attractive man who's been dressed like a lunatic. Like, 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 uh, and, and, like, his hair is obviously sort of been, like, conditioned in some way to maybe look better on screen, but it just makes it look sort of messy instead of interesting yeah uh, if you took it took an otherwise attractive actor made him just look sort of scruffy looking had him hurt some nerfs for a while I mean, yeah it's, exactly it's what you get. Yeah. i i mean i do feel like he's from a farm like that's definitely his backstory right well it could be we'll circle back to it of course all right we got some so, other characters though there's there's a ton uh space queen yes yeah, space queen uh so she is i don't know she's sort of like uh greek uh, greco-roman-esque looking right like with the the sort of like tiara but it's like a bronze tiara and she's got some big earrings and and drapey clothes but they're not shiny clothes so like yeah she's not like the the rich valley girl that the 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 woman in pink might be uh Mm -hmm. sort of a reference to or the princess might be she's much more sort of regal looking a little bit definitely Uh, yeah we also have the the nasty man who, for my money, man. he he seems like a caveman out of time a little bit. Uh, I kind of wonder. I th- I swear to God, I think I've seen this actor before. I think he's in every seventy sci fi movie ever, oh. uh, regardless of any setting or anything. And I think he's wearing the exact same clothes. I think he just shows up in them. <laughs> I think it's like a deal. Okay. Like maybe like he's he's like uh, the studio's owner owner's like nephew or something like that so he's just gotta have a job he's like no i got my own clothes don't worry uh he he sort of sort of looks a a little caveman-ish if you put him in some kind of grubby drifter clothes i want to say that sounds weird but something like that i don't know like i kind of want to say like yeah he's kind of like i want to say more like like uh barbarian-ish like gaulish a little bit like 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 he's mm-hmm. like uh like if sh- she's from rome he's from gaul and like some sort of period piece and it's like a romance ben for Her. the ages yeah exactly ben hers uh you know sort of interpretation in fact now i'm just seeing him and i can't not imagine him and ben Hur. although that would be hmm. a slightly different sort of experience he is watching hockey i believe on the tv screen in the background there it's not clear uh, to me if it's hockey or professional wrestling or... I think it's a combo of the two. Or, I mean, what is hockey but hockey plus professional wrestling? And the, f- um, the future's going to be great, the yeah. sports hybrid. But anyway, and then yeah. uh, we've got a guy who looks a lot like Lando Calrissian. Like, not not in his features, but in his getup. He's got this high collar that's very sort of like space vampire-y. 
Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I mean, other than that, like, he's not a particularly, like, we don't get to see a lot of him. He's, like, holding a gold cup, and he's watching the Zaki game. Right, <laughs> like, right. Um, I mean, there, there's the robot that you mentioned. Oh, uh, yes, In addition robot. to that, there's another, there's several more characters. I mean, there's a, what looks like a turkey carving station in the wall that's just four hands coming out of the wall. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if those are characters or not. Is it a robot? I think it's a robot. It does clap when they all clap, though, so I don't know. I'm kind of terrified of, like, things with multiple more hands than 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 necessary, usually. But, yeah, yeah. it is a carving station with a mirror, like, like a, like a teaching mirror for, 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 like, uh, uh, cook schools and stuff like that, where they'll have, like, the counter space, and then they'll have the mirror mm-hmm. at, like, a 45-degree angle. Right. Uh, they kind of have that over the little turkey carving station. There's also two space donkeys that we see. I don't know if they come into play ever again. <laughs> space donkeys? You didn't I see the space the, donkeys? I don't know if I remember the space donkeys. Towards the end of the minute when the weird worm thing crawls under the table and the... Oh, right. There yeah. are space donkeys. Oh, my God. Why did I not even see that? Why was I just like, of course there's space donkeys here. Because wow. that's the kind of movie that this is. Yeah, there is just, just, just a lot of things. Uh, I do like how when the thing crawls into the table, the woman in like the Victorian nanny's garb uh, seems to have a like cloth ready to catch it or something, while also screaming in absolute terror. Yeah, it's it's all a bit weird, John. Why are there so many characters? I okay. Uh, I feel like we're getting into like thoughts about what this is now. A little bit, but th- there's more we need to talk about before okay. we can really circle to that. So, I-, I just want to know, like, do you think all these characters live through the whole movie? Like, big picture stuff? Are they yeah, all real because characters? I, I, think, I, think, I think whoever created this is in love with all of these characters. So I think they're all going to live through this whole thing. You're saying this is somebody's magnum opus? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, like, look at all of the flashing lights on the walls. Like, this is not, a, not like, a cheap thing to produce on, obviously, a budget completely independently. <laughs> found in some way yeah that could be true that could definitely be true (coughs) all right well let's talk about the dialogue for a minute john all right um most of it's okay but some of the things that it is english so that's uh we we can understand it for the first time in several weeks and it's true but which which don't get me wrong i love i love not being able to understand it but uh but it does mean like you know we were able to interpret this and yet checks out it is it is english We we know that much, yes. uh, but s- some of the lines in English don't make a lot of sense. Like when the nasty man says that because there's so much water available yep. on this planet, they can take lots of wet baths together. So I I'm taking the logical leap okay. that ice pirates interprets that a lot of crud in this universe is icy, and so that means that maybe showers and like liquid water are less common, mm. is what I'm guessing. Uh, and maybe that's, maybe that's the idea is that like, Hey, they can take baths together because there's liquid water instead of just solid water everywhere. I don't buy that for two reasons. Okay. The first is that he says, take a lot of wet baths together as if they take a lot of dry baths together now. Like they're in some sort of chinchilla (laughs) tribe where they just rub dirt (laughs) on each other. Well, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to wet your chinchillas man that's how you get more chinchillas i was gonna say you read the rule book john yeah but but also the planet that they're describing sounds like a normal hydrological cycle to me there's so Uh much moisture 
that it makes clouds and it rains. Yeah. Well, okay. Are they talking about the Earth? Is that where they're going to end up? Uh, I mean, they got turkeys somehow. And garlic. So, I don't and know. And garlic, yeah. Uh, and I'm fairly certain both turkeys and garlic require water at some point in time in their lifespan. No, it's true. That's definitely true. Although you do make a good point about them being ice pirates. That hasn't factored into my theory, so I'm going to ignore it entirely. Okay. <laughs> Not a problem. All right. So I I think uh, another thing to sort of think about here is sort of like the way they all sort of speak, and yet none of them seem to, with the exception of Lady in Pink and Man in Red, None mm. of them seem to actually talk to one another. Like, no. it's more like the Space Queen says something, Nasty Man then says something relevant to what she said, but not necessarily to her. Uh, the chef is just talking to no one in particular. Uh, and, but the Lady in Pink and Man in Red definitely, like, are ending a conversation of some variety uh, before then, which makes me think that they are, like, maybe romantically tied or maybe their narratives are tied in some way. I think potentially both. Um, I just, I cannot get over the way these costumes don't match, John. We've got <laughs> yes. a pirate, a caveman, a maid, a princess, a Han Solo, a robot. Like, yeah. Are they all from the same time? Is this a time travel movie also? It's like they forgot to take the, you know, put the space part into the, into the costuming idea. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, it's like, oh, we want a piratey guy. And then like party. Okay. We got a party guy. No, like, like a party space guy. Like, like we want to be more spacey, less piratey. Like the, it's like the costumer, or is it possible even uh, that the costumer just, like, did not know this was a space movie and was just sort of like, this character's sort of piratey. And then they're like, okay, a pirate. Well, it could, <coughs> it could also be that they were going along the lines of everything is space in the future, so nothing has to be spacey because it's a space uh. universe. So it's just, it's all spacey because they're in space, John. Yeah, uh. but presumably all of their clothes were made and manufactured in similar ways. Like, like it's not like... No, you know, that's true. Everywhere in the universe just reinvents the wheel in terms of how to manufacture and what types of clothing to manufacture. I think, uh, I think they've evolved beyond the wheel, John. This is the future. Okay. That's that's good to know. The hover wheel. Uh, I am trying to interpret like what is already on the table, and it's kinda hard because it looks like it's just like six different types of creamers. Like, cre- <laughs> like Yeah. Uh, and all know. the plates are like silver metal. Uh I, we know I the do French like maid's the, eating soup. The soup, yeah. So the soup's uh, involved. Yeah, I, I do like um, the man in red is reading a book of some variety that seems to have extra, extra, extra large font type inside of it. Space font, though. We yeah, can't read the language. It is, it is space font. I mean, it looks like Club Red, two weeks, lactation, uh okay it doesn't hold up very well but uh (laughs) but the thing is is that it's still at like larger than like old people type font like like, that's true i wondered if it was the front page like the cover page or something but i I don't think that really works no i I don't think it is i think he's he has the book like literally open in the middle of it oh it's a magazine type thing it makes me wonder what the space queen is reading like what hers is is like maybe there's like six words per page basically on hers well i think that can feed into our theories john are you ready to proceed to that step i think i am i think i'm ready paul 
Okay, I think uh, I went first last week, so we better get your take. Okay, so uh, I think that this, I think that with the with the prominence of reading in this scene, I'm gonna I'm gonna propose something. Mm-hmm. I think that two of these characters are like real characters, and that they have like voracious, like uh, they they love reading, but in a world full of ice and like barely being able to survive, reading is like a luxury. And I think. I think they've found a way to bring to life fictional characters from the books that they read and then have them like join them on their journey through space to be able to like, uh, you know, find, uh, you know, help them like find it or like take over or rescue a planet filled with water, like non ice water, uh, you know, with, with liquid water predominantly like earth. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I think that maybe, the idea is like if we got a lot of like this is far far future. If we got a lot of literary characters that uh, understand about Earth and its sort of like watery world, uh, that then they could help them find or or rescue or or you know conquer the the watery world of of Earth, so to speak. And so I think I think that most of these characters, the reason they all are dressed differently and look drastically different is because they're all from different like eras in literature or something well which two do you think are the real (laughs) characters john i think i'm starting to think now that i think about it a little bit more i'm starting to think only the red guy is a real character and then it's like the the and then he has like a robot crew Mm -hmm. and i think that everyone else is a literary character that's what i'm starting to think i really would like to watch that movie if that's what's happening here because i i think it's interesting it's like one of those things like who would you have dinner with and then like he just took that literally and then created a machine that turned books into people it's plausible given what we're seeing here there is a lot of reading uh i think that would be a really good movie john yeah i i'm i'm kind of thrilled about it all right paul what's your idea my idea is not nearly so uh, so interesting. I think this is a group of just real people who were all either refugees from the same planet or were traveling through a space station at the same time when it was destroyed. And somehow something like that happened and they all got lumped together on this ship, which is owned by the Han Solo guy. Okay. Um, I think that they're all refugees now. Most of them were refugees before trying to find their way through this crazy universe together looking for a new place to settle. And that's why so many of them are reading and doing research. The Space Queen, we know, is reading about the water planet. I think she's trying to figure out, is this the planet we should go try to colonize? Okay. The uh, lady in pink is talking about how her experience on the planet that the man in red is reading about, what wasn't all it was cracked up to be. So I'm guessing it's some sort of like leisure planet or pleasure planet or something, you know, based sci-fi like that. I gotcha. That he's... He's suggesting to the group, we should just move there. And she says, it wasn't that good. (laughs) Uh, That was not her accent. No, but I like it now. It is now. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's why they're doing this planetary research. I think the maid either works for the princess or the rich girl or the space queen. I think probably works for the space queen. Yeah. The caveman is just tagging along. Maybe he was in jail and now he's been released with them or something. That's a good twist on that character. maybe. he's, He's like, he should be imprisoned. But for something like just, maybe. Maybe. Well, well, we don't know. And I think what happens next is we see them go through the motions of solving the ship-eating worm 
crisis. They have to go catch it. Yeah. I think they end up on a planet much like Earth, settling there because the movie's cheap and they couldn't build a better set. And I think they all really couple up. I think Lady in Pink and Man in Red get together. I think the Space Queen and the Nasty Man get together. And I think the chef and the French maid don't get together exactly, but they develop a lasting friendship and they sort of partner up. Yeah, especially since they seem to be like the, the servant side of this sort of equation. So they might be, you know, they yep. might have sort of like an odd couple appeal. Well, that's my theory anyway, yeah. Yeah. All well, right, I like it. I like it. It sounds like a good movie. I'm like way more into this movie now that we've both given our <laughs> answers to what we think it is than than I was before. Well, John, can you recommend it then or not? Um... I was kind of I was kind of on the fence a little bit. I I legitimately didn't know whether or not I wanted to recommend this or not, but I I think I can. I think like I I think everything about this it, it's like it's an experience in taste it, or the lack thereof. A lot of mm. it seems to be. So like I kind of wonder if like watching it would be you know a, a, a good experience, but I, I think it, I think it will be because it, like Barbarella feels like it has very clear ideas of what it's trying to be, and that's sort of the movie that I think I can closely closest relate to this. Hmm. Um, in fact, now that I'm thinking about it, is that is the caveman the guy from Barbarella that she meets on that planet with like the it, big gun or something? That's actually possible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it kind of looks like him. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so like you know, I could I could see that being sort of the that kind of movie and that sort of experience where you're surprised by it, but it also feels a little cliche, especially with the alien popping out of the roast and stuff like that. How about you, Paul? Are you recommending? I think no. I think it's a hard pass for me. I Mostly because I can't tell what kind of movie this is. If it's supposed to be a comedy, then they're not making that clear. Yeah. If it's supposed to be dramatic, they're really not making that clear. If it's supposed to be cheesy sci-fi, okay, but you're kind of on the nose with it. Yeah. No, so, I, don't I know. I mean, I'm going to Google it later and look up a plot synopsis probably and yeah. see, but, but I, yeah. I don't think it's for me. Yeah. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, got a, a slight recommend and a very hard pass, which probably puts it, if you average us out, which is totally the, <laughs> you know, how this all works, that it's mm-hmm. probably maybe avoid it, question mark. Um, but yeah. Oh, before before we go, uh, last week I forgot to, to mention the... Uh, Going Charitable event, which is a 72-hour uh, uh, charity streaming event that is going on right now. Uh, I was supposed to mention it last week, but I forgot to edit that into the episode uh, before putting it out. But it's still going on now. You have until, uh, as of like the date that this should be launched, you have until uh, Monday the 26th uh, to ke- check it out at, uh, I believe, 5 o'clock uh, Central Time. Uh, they're going to be they're going to be stopping. Please donate. Uh, it's a very important uh, charity event for uh, Trans Lifeline. Uh, we're raising money for uh, Trans Lifeline so that they can go from providing a I believe twelve hour uh, phone service for uh, you know trans uh, you know issues and and help uh, to possibly a twenty four hour uh, help li- uh, helpline. And it would be great if we could uh, we could make that happen and and you know help 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 them on their way. Uh, yep definitely so if you listen to this episode on monday check it out yeah check it out and and if if you can donate please thank you great well thanks john um and a big thank you to mcgruff for submitting this episode i was trying to think of 
come up with a joke for it, take a bite out of a minute or something, <laughs> but there, there, there's nothing there. If you want to support the podcast, though, you can always submit your own minutes, review us on iTunes, reach out to us, excuse me, at the minutepodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at MinutePod. Uh, hosted by Paul Reberg and John Ward. Produced by John Ward. Theme music by Paul Reberg. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next week. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Holy crap, you made it to the end. We'll be back next week to do it all again. Until then, be well and be sure to take a minute. The Minute Podcast. <laughs>